Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2,355. Today we're going to be talking with a photographer, an automotive photographer that takes some very cool images. So be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Well, once again, I'm back across the pond in Birmingham in the UK with a very special and very talented guest by the name of Paul Ward. Paul, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I am ready, and uh, I'm driving an automatic, so I don't need a clutch. Okay. No. Yeah. Well, and all these electric cars that we're starting to encounter, none of them have clutches either. So you know, uh, it is the way it is. But I love I love manual cars, and I know you kind of do deep down inside, right? Well, I've got both, so okay. Yeah. Okay, you're multifaceted <laughs> yeah. and many talents as well. Now, before we get into what you're doing, would you share something about you that maybe people don't know about Paul Ward? Well, I've been uh, I've been a photographer for about probably about thirty years, and but I used to be in a band. I was signed to EMI once in my band about thirty years ago. We got a we got a publishing deal with EMI, and we um, EMI paid us about fifty thousand pounds, and we built a studio in the middle of the countryside and uh, recorded an album's worth of stuff. Um, but unfortunately, the singer left before we released any records, so there aren't any of our actual records out there. There is some of there is some of the tunes that you can find if you know where to look. And I've got a CD at home with about twenty tracks on. But yeah, we never actually released anything, which was a real shame. Yeah, I mean, to get that far, did you play one of the instruments? I played keyboards. Keyboards, um, cool. And actually, I still I still do music. Uh, these, in fact, today I was sort of messing around with some. I've got like a little studio set up in in my photography studio. I've got some keyboards and a computer, and I was um, literally today making some music for a fashion show later in the year that we're going to be doing with a friend of ours. So that was cool. Nice. Well, that's very cool. I, I've run into a lot of people in the car world that are into music. Uh, I was real into music a lot when I was younger, played the guitar. We had a little band that we'd play at right. school dances yeah. and things like that. And uh, still have a, my friend or Strat is hanging on the on the wall behind me. Got a couple of acoustic yeah. guitars here. So, uh, yeah, I think there's some creativity that goes with cars. And one of the most yeah. famous uh, celebrities in the music world I had on the show was John Oates from Hall & Oates, who, okay. who uh, turns out to be quite the car fanatic. And I uh, ran right. into him at a Ren Sport event over at Laguna Seca. Got to meet him. He was taking delivery of a custom-built 356 that Rod Emery uh, okay. built for him. And I'll tell you something funny. I went up and was introduced to him. We were chatting just like two car guys. I was sitting in his car. He's telling me all this stuff. And, and then he... I noticed all these people standing around taking pictures. I'm like, why are these people taking pictures of us? This is weird. <laughs> and then he walks away and somebody, uh, Rod Emery comes over and he goes, what do you think of John's car? And I go, well, it's really nice. But I go, what's with all the cameras? And he said, well, that's John Oates. And at first I went, so? Why? And he goes, Holland Oates? And I'm like, oh my God. And then it clicked. Yeah. I, I didn't. Why? And then I, you know, well, he is out of context, but you know, Holland Oates, they were big when I was oh, yeah, yeah. dating my wife in the 80s. So. Well, I heard a Hall & Oates song on the radio today. 
yeah. or singing along to it. So yeah, yeah, and he's yeah, still he's still well touring and doing music. So uh, he's in his uh, early seventies. So there you go. You can and obviously Rod Emery's a pretty well known Porsche builder, isn't he? You know, I've been following him and some of his work. And there's a guy called. Uh, Christopher Runge, who does some oh, really interesting. He's, he's been a guest on the show. Yeah, he's. Uh, I met him years ago when he just started building cars, and he has come a long way. He is doing some really beautiful stuff. He does some incredible stuff. I um, I actually sort of probably got into trouble a little bit with him in a sense because I've got I've got a friend called Damon Jones who uh, who went over to LA about four years ago and worked for Singapore. Oh, Rob Dickinson. Now there's a, there's a British musician. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, my friend Damon went to work for him, uh, worked there for a couple of years. Then he left and went to Gunther works. Oh, n- another guest I've had on the show. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. And, um, in fact, I think, I think you should look up Damon because I think he'd be really good to get on the show. Cause he's, he's doing his own cars now as as far as I know, he still lives in uh, Los Angeles. So he's definitely worth, it was funny. I was chatting to him one day about uh, Christopher Runge's cards. And I was saying that they all looked a bit stubby. I really liked the fact that he was building them and how he did it, you know, and the the process. But I said, I said, his cars always look really stubby. And it was really funny that a couple of weeks later, Damon said, oh yeah, I saw Christopher the other day and told him that you think his Uh cars were stubby. (laughs) But I think, I think he took it well, but I've noticed his latest car isn't stubby, so he's obviously (laughs) – He's evolving. He's doing some wonderful things. Yeah, no, no, he's great. He's done some amazing stuff. All those chaps are are Carsey alumni members, all very, very talented people, and uh, yeah, I'd love to have them all build me a car. I tell you, get my 356 from Rod, get my custom funky non-stubby ride from Chris, and then uh, Rob Rob Dickinson build me a proper singer, and I'd be one happy camper, but I think I need to win the lottery to buy cars from those guys. Well, that's it. What what, what you should do is do what I really want to do, which I was going to get into later, actually, is actually learn how to do my own bodywork on an old English wheel and sort of, you know, actually actually get a chassis of something and build your own car on it. I, I, I would love to do that. Wow. All right. Well, there's so, your yeah, maybe one day. Yeah, maybe one day. Well, let me introduce you here. Uh, Paul Ward has been a professional photographer, and as you heard, a musician, very talented guy, and maybe someday he'll be building cars for over 30 (laughs) years, and recently won his category at the British Photography 2020 Awards. He works closely with Limited 100. You'll remember Simon Wright, who's on the show a couple months ago, and Paddock Speed Shop where you can enjoy his writing and his images. Over the years, his photography has been published in many books and magazines, both in the UK and internationally, and his architectural images currently adorn the walls aboard Bernard's flagship, Queen Mary II. That's pretty cool. Paul's passion for cars started when he bought his first Austin Mini almost 30 years ago, and ever since... Then he has been obsessed with both classic cars and modern supercars. So as an image maker, it's not surprising that automobile photography has become another of his passions and his talents. We'll be back in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsor. So give them a little love. Buckle up. We'll be right back. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up. 
way up, but my usage was the same and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So what's with that? So I turned to American Collectors Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collectors Insurance. I shopped around. I asked friends for recommendations and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. Their talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and firsthand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. So, Paul, let's first go back in time a little bit and uh, talk about photography how you got into photography how you've evolved and of course i'll be putting links to paul's a uh, website on uh, the show notes page here on the cars yeah website but you've got to go and check out his imagery uh i love a lot of the stuff that you've shot dude especially the porsches because those are my my cars of choice but what what pulled you into this career okay so i mentioned that i was in the band years ago i don't know if you remember i don't know if it was the same for you when you were in a band but when you when you're in England and you're in a band, you often spent a lot of time on what we call the dole, which is like the benefit system. I never had the dole here. I had I had like a paper route or I had to wash right. cars. Yeah, there's no dole, okay. not even from my parents. <laughs> well, luckily in the UK, well, I shouldn't say luckily really, but obviously luckily for us at the time, if you didn't have a job, you could get a small payment every week from the government, which... I suppose it's called benefits or whatever, but a lot of musicians used to do that because they were concentrating on their music and didn't want <laughs> to wanna work. Yeah, detract their Outside mind from yeah. by actually doing work. So I know a lot of people don't have the luxury of being able to do that, but yeah. So I was on the dole, and I found that the dole people used to hassle you to try and get you to get jobs or or do some training or this that and the other. So we tried to pick something that we could do that wasn't wasn't particularly hard so I thought oh, yeah, I could do an, I could go and do a course in video production or photography or something like that so I, I basically went to a local college and did a little course and just happened to like it you know just sort of got the, a feel for it and actually liked doing it so fast forward from there I got more and more into that and then just as I was did a degree, a degree in video production and filmmaking and stuff and just as I was graduating was when my band got signed so then of course I thought I was going to be rich and famous we spent a couple of years obviously signed to EMI recording stuff and then when that when the band finally finished I thought actually I need to I need to start doing something so I picked up a camera again and I started taking photos in a lot of nightclubs around 
Birmingham where I live. And I used to get published. I wasn't really getting paid for it, but I used to get published in a local magazine. I used to take photos of DJs and the dancers in the clubs and stuff like that. And slowly, the DJs and dancers started asking to do portfolio shoots for them and stuff. And so it sort of started to grow from there. Uh, and then I started working with various magazines and stuff, and people started sort of booking me for various shoots. And it didn't really branch into cars for quite a while, really. The only reason it branched into cars is because I, I'm a real petrol head and I love cars. And suddenly I thought, actually, why don't I just start taking photos of cars? Because that's that's one of the things I love. So that's sort of what brought me into doing the car photography sort of thing. But yeah, I'd been taking photos for a few years before I even realised that I should be taking car photographs as well. It's quite ironic, really. But all through that time, I'd got I'd got a couple of classic cars. Um, I had a Triumph Spitfire Mark III for about 20 years. I had my, I had three Minis when I was younger. That was my first car. I used to spray spray paint flames up them, you know, so I got noticed and stuff. And then, yeah, I had a Triumph Spitfire, I had a Triumph GT6. And then over the years, I've had, I've had Mercedes, Volvos, BMWs, you know, all sorts of cars. But yeah, now I've, uh, I've got an old Porsche Boxster, and I've got my little Fiorano thing now. Um, <laughs> and then I've got a couple of everyday cars, which are just, you know, battered old cheap Honda Jazz things that I can get my equipment round in. Well, you are a, a petrol head, it sounds like. And, you know, Simon Wright of Limited 100 connected me to you. And you're one of the photographers that he shows and sells prints and, and frames and mats them. How did you get associated with Limited 100? How did you guys connect? He found an image of mine in lockdown. I'd done an image of um, the Lamborghini Miura, which is interesting because I've got an interesting story about that exact car. Uh, I think it was Prescott Hill Climb, one of the big hill climb events in, in England. And I'd seen this Lamborghini. I love Lamborghini Miuras anyway. So I'd taken a photo. I'd stuck it on my website and Simon just happened to find it one day and contacted me. I think he wanted to buy it for himself, but then decided... Actually, why don't I just sell some of his other, <laughs> sell some of his images? Yeah. I think it was just a ruse to get a free print, basically. <laughs> uh, but yeah, since then, Simon's sort of we've done a lot of stuff together, and um, and he's sort of got a lot of images. And I've even started drawing images now. So some of my images on Limited One Hundred aren't photographs; they're actually drawings that I've done of cars. Um, in fact, I did one last week of a McLaren F One because we hadn't got a photo of one. That was one of the reasons I started doing the drawings, because uh, someone had asked us, um, a car journalist in the UK that used to be on Top Gear years ago, uh, a girl called Vicky Butler Henderson. She's quite a famous car journalist over here. She had asked for a, a specific car, which was a Lamborghini Diablo GT, and we didn't have a photo of one. And it was locked down, so we couldn't work out how we were going to get a photo of it. And I thought, why don't I just draw it? So um, so I gave it a go and it came out okay. And um, and so I've done quite a few. I mean, it takes me about 30 to 40 hours to do the drawing. Whoa. So there's a lot of work involved. But obviously in lockdown, hadn't really got much else to do. So I'd quite happily just sit at the computer and, and do digital renders of, of these cars. So, Is that um, the, uh, the yellow one you drew? Uh, yeah, so it's the yellow one, the Diablo thing. With, um, obviously that one, it's... I wanted to make it look a bit like a sketch, so I added the sketchy sort of lines to it afterwards. But there's quite a few. There's, um, I did one of the James Bond Lotus Underwater uh, that's on there. Yeah. And 
the beauty is of doing the drawings is because I do it in layers, the way I build it up in Photoshop in layers, you can change the colours on them. You can add weird backgrounds. You can add sort of sort of change the colour of the car. You can do anything you want, really. So it's quite it's quite a versatile way of doing it. Nice. Well, I really love what you're doing. I have so many different cool images. And, you know, I, I like to always ask my guests a little bit about how they get their inspiration or where it came from. Was there somebody back when you were creating your look, your eye, getting your eye in photography that was very influential to you? It's hard to say, really. I would say my biggest trouble is it's got nothing to do with photography. My, my biggest influence when I was younger was my granddad. He was really into nature and he really taught me about, you know, nature. And that got me interested in science and, and sort of just general things in the universe, really. In terms of photography... It's a difficult one, really. I think I think I was always into classic cars, and sort of it just came organically, really, because I was I've always been creative. I used to make jewelry. I've you know I've, I've tried to make sculpture. I've tried to make artwork. I even tried to design cars when I was I entered a couple of competitions when I was younger. I was a member of uh, the Triumph Owners Club because I had my Triumph Spitfire, and um, they had a competition to design the next Spitfire. I entered that and stuff. So I was always quite interested in sort of designing cars. And yeah, I mean, in terms of, in terms of actually people inspiring me, you know, I mean, there's, I mean, we've mentioned a few people today, you know, in, in terms of cars and car design, uh, people like, you know, Christopher Runge. And there's a guy, have you, have you heard of a guy called Blind Mouse on Instagram? Yes. He's designing a really beautiful Porsche based car that I love the look of that, you know, and um, people like Rod Emery and, you know, obviously Magnus Walker and my friend Damon Jones and people like that. Even though I do photography, I would love to be able to design cars and stuff. Yeah, well, for sure. Yeah, that's every boy's dream, for sure. <laughs> and many men, too. How about challenges? Because making a living and, and creating a look and feel of photography, that's a tough deal. And I, I've always said that these smartphones everybody has has dumbed it down society's mm -hmm. thoughts of what a great photo photograph is. Now, I studied graphic design. I, I was a graphic designer and uh, creative director for 11 years before I got involved in a startup. So I understand design and the look and everything. So I, I feel like I have a good eye for what is good and what is not good. But how has the challenge been for you of building your career path in this world? I think it's... I don't know. I think it is definitely difficult at the moment because all of the, you know, like you say, with smartphones and with AI that's coming out at the moment. Oh, and AI, yeah. We haven't gotten into that, have we? Oh, God. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. And how it's going to change the market, I I really don't know. I think I think it is chilling. It is obviously a challenge keeping afloat at the moment. I think what I found interesting was I, you know, you mentioned that I won the British Photography Awards in 2020. So I won that and I, and we got the award in the February of 2020 and literally by four days later, the whole of the UK or, or the whole of the world locked down. So I really feel like even though I won that accolade, I couldn't really do anything with it because everything shut down. No one was booking anyone. Um, so it felt really weird. You know, that was a challenge. I mean, literally, I almost went out of business, sort of, because obviously over that sort of few months. Lost a lot of people working, found working. themselves in that, that world during lockdown. Yeah, yeah. That and your country, yeah, totally, yeah. I mean, your country, along with like Australia and some others, were so strict. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It was hard here, too. But, yeah, I... Uh, 
Yeah, t- tough to recover it was, from It was going to be difficult for everyone. And I think so many businesses did go out of out of business, especially not necessarily, I mean, obviously I don't know about other photographers and stuff, but I know certainly a lot of um, like bars and restaurants and yeah. people from the entertainment in- industry. Like I do a load of, I do video shoots for a, a band who are like a wedding band. And of course their business totally stopped. Um, I think everyone, obviously everyone suffered in different ways, but yeah, a lot of people really struggled in that time. So that was a big. Yeah. Well, I think it's a, seems to be a matter of, you just got to keep putting your work out there. You've, it's a never ending yeah. quest to make sure that people see what you're doing. And, and this AI, I mean, I've started following some people on Instagram that are doing some incredible illustrations, but they're doing it all through AI and you kind of go, what exactly are they doing? <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, anyway, I, yeah, we'll stay away from that topic for today. I think that's going to be okay. some future challenges for sure. Uh, yeah. You know, I want to talk a, a little bit about you or some more actually about you. And that would be uh, maybe some bucket list ideas of things of where you see yourself going in the future. Well, it's interesting uh, you talk about bucket lists because people have got different things on their bucket list, haven't they? I mean, like I would have always said driving some some of the incredible cars in the world would be a bucket list thing. And, you know, we mentioned the Lamborghini Miura that Simon saw on, on my website, and that's how he started Limited 100. Well, literally about four weeks ago, I got to drive that Lamborghini. Oh, really? The people that I'd mentioned before, this Paddock Speed Shop and um, Paddock Life, they somehow managed to borrow this that that exact Lamborghini Miura for oh a weekend God. and we took it uh we took it to a show we took it to a couple of places I managed to drive it about 30 yards down the road before I got too scared and said right I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna get out and let you carry on driving it but yeah we had a great weekend with it so it's interesting because stuff like that was always on my bucket list and actually now I've sort of done it it was fantastic but I think it's weird with bucket lists because I've actually I think I've been very lucky with my life in one way you know I've never I'm I'm not particularly you know I'm not wealthy I haven't got a big house I haven't got loads of cars or anything like that but I am I'm not really that money motivated but I am I think I've got a really good life in terms of happiness and sort of the stuff that I've done you know so I think actually part of the bucket list should be just to be happy and enjoy what you do. And I think I'm really lucky to be able to enjoy the work that I do and stuff. I'd like to travel a bit more. I love traveling. Obviously, you know, that comes with sort of doing lots of things. But I mean, I can be literally just either walking in the countryside, bird watching, stuff like that, or finding a pond and finding fish or frogs in the pond. You know, I love all stuff like that. But I also love being creative. So I've been I've been making my own T-shirts. I've been sort of occasionally do painting. I do lots of creative stuff, you know. So I think I think my bucket list is, is more about doing more of that and actually finding happiness with what you do, not necessarily um, trying to achieve more wealth or more possessions even though i'd like more cars obviously <laughs> well we all would oh, yeah. sure. well it sounds like you got some of that from your grandfather who taught you to go out in nature and yeah. see and look and observe and i think that's a big part of being an, a creative person is observation seeing things and finding ways to create things so in 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 a way and that's what car is all about is people that have figured out how to do what they love and a lot of people can't even figure out what they like much less do what they love so you're you're yeah, exactly. you're way ahead exactly. of that and i think sometimes that's why people 
people want a better job, they want to get a bigger house, they want to get this, that, and the other. And I think the reason they do that is because they can't find happiness in what they have being themselves, yeah, with what they have. And I think sometimes you've got to try and I think sometimes you've got to look at the little things and appreciate the little things. And then if you become happy with that. My mom used to always say when I'd say, Oh, I want that bike that Jimmy has, or I want this or that. She goes, Yeah. Enjoy what you have. Be grateful for what you yeah. have, because when you're grateful, you tend to not want more. I think so many of us are so much further ahead than the average person in the world. When you really took it the look at the world, so many people don't even have food in their refrigerator. So yeah, exactly. you know, I it's all perspective. But while we're talking about cars, I want to talk about a car you sent me a picture of you in a yeah. Fiorano T48 Spider. What on earth? I've never I've seen a lot of cars, but what is this <laughs> yeah. thing? Okay, so I mentioned that I had a Spitfire for about 20 years. And I remember going to a Spitfire show once and seeing one of these Fioranos at the show. And, of course, I sort of thought, wow, that looks that thing looks amazing. You know, I really like the look of it. And I went up to the guy and asked him what it was. And he said, it's a Spitfire. It's just got, it's just, it's just got a different body. It's a bit like a kit car, I suppose. But it's not classed as a kit. It's classed as a rebody. So you can still keep your original registration. I don't know how it would be in the US, but in the UK, if you haven't had to do too much work to it, you can still keep the original registration and and stuff like that. Whereas if you have to do a lot of work, it it, it has to go through all the tests, Mm. make it a kit car. After I'd seen this at this show, I thought, oh, I really want one of those. And um, I just kept looking and I saw a couple for sale that came up occasionally. I mean, they're quite rare. Yeah. Uh, they probably only made about 30 in total, 30 oh, okay. or 40. And occasionally they come up for sale, but they were always a bit more expensive than I can afford. You know, they were finished ones, they were on the road. So I just kept looking. And eventually, about seven years ago, I found the one that I bought. It, it was an unfinished one. It was someone had put a body on a chassis, and that's about as far as they've got. It was on eBay actually, and I managed to I managed to get it for quite a cheap price, and then um, and then literally just spent about six months. I can't take all the credit for the work. I've got a local mechanic who's like a proper backstreet mechanic, you know, it's not like a main dealer or anything. And I had the car towed to him. Literally dropped it on his drive and just said, "Can you do something with this? Can you get it back on the road?" Over the next six months, he you know, fitted a wiring loom, he fitted brake lines, fuel lines, you know, an exhaust, and actually just got it working. And then I I started to do some of the body work. So I, I was making bits of body work. I mean, I've, I've quite heavily changed that car. The fronts don't look like that. I chopped the front off and remolded my own front and then had that cast in fiberglass. So that that's why it doesn't look like anything else. It's actually okay. completely unique. It looks... Obviously, the Fioranos that are built look similar, mm. but my one looks totally, it looks different because it's got a different front end. It's got slightly different back end. It, it, you know, it's very much a personalized car. Well, it's very cool. And and I'll let my listeners know, you got to go to uh, Paul's website page on the Cars yeah website, his show notes page, and take a look at this thing because it, to me, I look at that thing and it's kind of a, it's like if you took a the idea of a Caterham, but then backdated it into the 20s or 30s and yeah, cool. made it real swoopy and sleek and you know not so box-like. Like That's got to be a blast to drive. It's very visceral. Obviously, it's an old car. It's based on a 1971 Spitfire, Triumph Spitfire. So obviously, it's not, it's not like a K-Trim. It doesn't handle well. It's not particularly fast. 
it's light, so it's probably faster than Spitfire would be. And because you're low to the ground and there's no wind protection, it, it's a very visceral drive. You know, it's proper like driving something exciting, you know. But I suppose because it hasn't got a massive engine or anything, it's not the fastest thing in the world. But then I'd probably be too scared to, to drive it if it got a massive engine. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. It definitely is. It's definitely an experience. And what I like about it is I used to turn up to car shows in my Spitfire, and obviously I've got a a Porsche Boxster, which I turn up to car shows in, but no one takes any notice whatsoever if you turn up to a car show in in either of those cars. Mm -hmm. But what I love about the Fiorano is if I can literally turn up somewhere and there'll be a crowd of people asking what it is, you know, and that's what I love about it is I can park next to, I can park next to a, two million pound Ferrari and the guy driving the Ferrari will come over to me yeah. and ask me what he does yeah. and want to know about it. You know, that's what I love about it. Well, it's very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, it, it, it evolves nicely into the next, next question I have for you. And that is if you were reincarnated as a vehicle and especially since you're a creative guy, I'm going to expect a interesting answer here. What would you be? Okay. It's a difficult one. I, I think, uh, some one of the 1920s aero engine race cars that you see doing hill climbs because I'm a bit old, I'm a bit battered, but I'm <laughs> yeah, loud. You don't look that them. old from my side of the fence. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I love, you know, I'm used to, I used to, I, I still go to things like, you know, Goodwood Revival and Prescott Hill Climb and, and Shelsley Walsh Hill Climb and all those things. And look at, I love those old. GNs and the old Bugattis and the old aero engine, you know, the there's a car called a Monasco Pirate, oh, yeah. which races in the UK. Um, if you look it up, you'll find sort of, you'll find information on it. And that's got something like, I don't know, it's like a 28 litre aero engine in this sort of race, you know, aluminium bodied race car format. And I, I just love that type of stuff. If I could afford to have one, I'd have one of those. I mean, there's loads of cars I'd love to have, but... That would I would definitely want an old aero engine car because they just they just look brilliant and sound amazing. Yeah, there's some real creativity there. You know, uh, we also love books here, but I know uh, you know you sent me some information before. You you said you weren't really much of a book reader, but it's a nice way for us to segue into uh, a relationship you have with Paddock Life Magazine, right? Can you tell me about that? Yeah, yeah. So basically, I mean, the last. I think the last book I actually read was at school. I think we read Cider with Rosie or something like that. And mm. I think we read Animal Farm and stuff. So oh, yeah. it's not that I can't read. Um, you know, I'm not, I haven't got a problem with reading. I just, I just don't, I just don't seem to do it. But yeah, I mean, in terms of magazines, uh, so the Paddock Speed Shop, I should, should explain what it is. In fact, it might be worth you having one of the guys on the show because that's really automotive. I was going so, to ask you if you could introduce me because I spent some time last evening on their website. Quite fascinating oh, okay. what they're doing. So, yes, please do introduce me to those folks because they're having some fun. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, it's definitely fun working with them. So, basically, they uh, there's a guy Craig that has been running a magazine called Paddock Life Magazine for a few years now. And it's a very thick, glossy sort of high-end magazine that only comes out four times a year. But um, I've been doing photos for them for, for about a year, a couple of years now. Nice. But the latest thing that they're um, getting into is they're trying to create a TV show called The Paddock Speed Shop, which is about getting young people into restoring classic cars and, and sort of racing them and stuff like that. But, I mean, they're so good at getting 
people on board with the system, uh, you know, with the whole show. So they've managed, at the moment, they're driving an AC Cobra that was in the Elvis film, Viva Las Vegas. Oh, no kidding. Um, cool. So they're going to be racing that at Silverstone Classic and at Goodwood later this year, fingers crossed, if it nice. all goes well. At the moment, they've currently got a GT40 replica, which is a proper tool room replica. It's not like a normal kit one. It's it's a proper mm-hmm. exact replica of GT40. So we were filming that the other day, having the carburetors um, tuned on it and stuff. So they get access to some amazing stuff. And for, for young kids to be able to mess with those machines and actually learn how to build them and sort of, you know, fettle with them and stuff. It's a really good thing that they're doing. So they're currently trying, they're sort of in the process of getting funding to make the proper show. We've been sort of, I've been with them for a couple of years doing bits of filming for them, just building up to what's happening now, which Mm. is hopefully in the next few months, we'll actually be making the shows properly. So, so with any luck, that'll be coming to TV screens soon. But it's definitely, I'll put, I'll put you in touch with them. And yeah. Then, yeah, it'd be great. To, it looks um, like they're doing some some really cool stuff. And I love oh, it, especially yeah, yeah. involving young people in old cars, which is a nice, another, we're, the, we're doing the Segway Kings today, a nice segue into this next fantasy thought I have for you. I'm a bit of an enabler, so I'm going to buy you mm-hmm. any car in the world here. Don't worry about the price, Paul, because I'm going to pay for it. I'm going to park it in your driveway. You can take it for a drive anywhere you would like. But here's the fun part. You can take anybody with you, including somebody from the past that is no longer with us, which opens up a wonderful opportunity for some sidekicks. So what does the ultimate drive look like for you if I'm footing the bill? Okay, well, ironically, talking about bucket lists, a few years ago, I did do, we did a drive to Switzerland and then down to the Ferrari Museum in Modena with a friend of mine called Ben, who got a 911 Carrera 4 at the time. So we, we had an amazing time traveling through Europe in that. But if you're talking about proper bucket list if I could go back in time and do it with anyone I'd love to reincarnate my dad and um, go somewhere maybe in a 1957 Maserati 250s or or one of the Ferraris of that time you know the racing I love the shape of those cars and the sound and stuff and to drive somewhere like you know through the Italian hills or something like that would be yeah. would be absolutely amazing you know yeah oh that would be fun yeah you think of that era the 250s is so beautiful but you mentioned the word ferrari so we could put you in anything from uh, a 250 short wheelbase to a gto uh, maybe a 250 lm uh that's both yeah, road and track worthy i mean yeah of course you guys wouldn't hear each other because the cars are so loud but uh, well no uh, exactly but you've got that beautiful v12 symphony yeah. in your back yeah, I mean, we had that with the Mura, you know, recently when we were going going around in the Mura. That was, it was such a glorious sound, you mm-hmm. know, and you just, I've got a couple of videos that I took on my phone of us careering down country lanes. And that thing, when it gets into its stride and you, you're really pushing it down a country lane, it really sings, you know, you can, I've never really felt that with a car before where you can actually tell that it doesn't like going slow. Yeah. And it doesn't drive very well when you're going slow, but as soon as you're going fast, it's like the thing's got a soul and it just opens up and lets you take it. And that was that was an incredible feeling, you know. Yeah, I got to spend some time in a Mira, uh, an SV, and it was lime green, similar to that color of the car yeah, you shot. Color. And got the guy let me drive it, and it was just, you're right, at slower speeds, it's the same. I've been able to drive a... Uh, 
250 short wheelbase. And yeah. until you're getting up to speed, they're just kind of clunky truck light almost. Yeah, exactly. they just, but once you get going, it's a magical feast for for everything. So I'd be, I would love to put you in a car like that with your dad. Uh, that would be most spectacular. You have taken us on a wonderful drive today. And I, I can't thank you enough, Paul, for spending some time with me today. And I want to do a shout out to our mutual friend, Simon Wright. Simon Wright, who put us together today. So Simon, thank yeah, you no, for no, Simon's, introducing Simon's a great guy me. And yeah. He's doing a really good job. He's doing a wonderful job. So before I let you go, would you share maybe some parting words of wisdom for our listeners today? The only thing I'd say is, Find what makes you really happy. Find what you want to do and what you makes and what makes you happy, and and um, and try and do that. Try and work that into your life somehow. Because even if you're stuck in a, a job that you hate, if you've got a hobby that you love, that takes your mind off off the bad things in life. You know, you can concentrate on that. And you know, I would also say take notice of the simple little things. Cause mm-hmm. Yeah. I know it sounds daft, but just a sunset or a bird singing or stuff like that can be can be an amazing thing, you know. Something you said earlier, which is appreciate what you've got. That's I think that's really important. Stop and smell the flowers, as they say, <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. there's wonderful or, or the petrol, the petrol, yeah, or the uh, burning uh, burning brakes, or the, uh, yeah. the the transmission, or the gears, or the tires, whatever it might be. Exactly, how how yeah. can people learn more about you and follow you, Paul? Well, obviously, I've got a website, which is paulwood.net, and I've got an Instagram, which is at paulwoodphotography. And also check out the check out the Paddock Speed Shop uh, website because there's a few things on there. Obviously, there's not much of me on there myself, but obviously, it's, I'm sort of involved with that and stuff. And, yeah, if you can find a copy of Paddock Life magazine, obviously, in America, you, I think you can. I think they do ship some to, to America for yeah, subscribers. Yeah, it's on their but, site. It looks like they um, do that. So, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'll make sure I put links to all of these on Paul's show notes page and the Cars Yeah website. I would encourage you listeners, if you love cars like we all do and great photography, uh, check him out. Put him on your watch list on Instagram. I follow you that way. Check out his website. And, of course, you can buy his images at Limited 100, and you know yeah. how to get a hold of Simon. He's been a guest on the show. Limited 100 UK easy to find. Paul, this has been a delight. I want to thank you for taking some time out of your busy schedule and spending it with Cars Yeah! today. No problem. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. Brilliant. Thanks a lot. You're very welcome. Tech Force is a charity of choice here at Cars Yeah! Auto techs are in high demand, but the supply... It's critically short. For every one tech who graduates school, there's five jobs waiting for them. Said another way, four technician jobs go unfilled for every technician graduate. Lots of young people love cars, but don't know how to turn that passion into their careers. TechForce Foundation shows them through career exploration, technical education, and the workforce development solutions. Join Cars yeah in supporting TechForce Foundation and its mission to solve the technician shortage by donating at techforce.org today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!